I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The following program is brought to you by the Preferred Home Team. Content is provided for general information only and should not be treated as a substitute for professional advice from your legal or real estate advisors. Welcome to the Real Estate Radio Hour. A forum of ideas, plans, and expert advice on all things real estate. Andy Prasky with Remax Advantage Plus was named Super Agent by Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. Chris Rooney of Remax Preferred is a Lakeshore and Luxury Home Specialist. Together they cover the Twin Cities. This combined dynamic duo has sold over 2,000 homes, ranked in the top 1% nationwide top 10 in the state of Minnesota and still have time to get together every Saturday to talk about real estate. Here's Abby Prasky and Chris Rooney, Denny Law, and the Real Estate Radio Hour. And good morning. Welcome to another edition of our real estate show here on 830 WCC. Chris and Andy in studio. And guys, you and I were talking about uh, next week, about that big game weekend, and we're going to be doing our show Live, down in the just below here at the uh, Cambria Gallery. I know that's going to be kind of interesting. That's street level. Yeah, a lot of folks, big stars coming in. I guess besides yourselves. Yeah, of course. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that'll be next no, uh, one week from. Yeah, it, it will be fun. Yeah, we'll, anything can happen. Yeah, we, anything. Anything is uh, going to happen. There. Yeah. No. Totally. Well, hopefully, right. it'll be more exciting if it does. So we. Uh, yeah. Your celebrity sightings would be fun, but that's uh, uh, that's next week. But uh, as usual, I always like to ask you guys uh, right off the bat how your week was in real estate, and maybe moreover how December was. Yeah, well, well I'll tell you what, I got to kind of eat some crow on December. Oh, I was I was telling everyone that you're going to find out in January that December was a great month. I mean that the sales were a lot higher, blah blah blah. Well, they were actually less than year year over year from last year. Yep. Which, uh, I don't know. I was just totally yeah. stunned by that. Everyone I talked to was busy. Yeah, those are national numbers. I mean, I think locally here we haven't seen those yet. But the uh, we everybody was everybody actually was uh, in my office and in my world actually had more pending sales in December than we've had in, in many previous years. Mm. So it was, you know, I think that it, it left us all on a high note ending the season or ending the year. And then uh, some of that rolled over into obviously the January, February but this week in in uh, housing, I think there's so many again distractions of the you know hey it's winter it's spring the Super Bowl all these other things going on, open houses we're still seeing some people but it's a little generally a little more of a distracted market and uh, rates jumped up a little bit this week which we'll talk about later in the show too, so things are all in motion towards a healthier housing market so I don't think that the you know three point seven percent or whatever that the sales were down year over year I I don't see that as any kind of a sign of something that's happening you don't. I really don't. I think it's just a matter of we're just getting used to our new normal again as to this housing market as it gets back on its feet. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. And I think uh, everything is shaping up to be really good. And, you know, this little, this big game weekend uh, is typically uh, kind of a, a milestone marker for a lot of people putting mm-hmm. their house on the market. They mm-hmm. wait until after that big game. <laughs> we can't say what it is, I guess. But uh, it's, 
everyone is kind of like it's after that is that yeah. that's when everyone starts kind of getting going again. Yep. Um, I think it's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, we talk about distractions. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a kind of a big snowstorm. Yep. You know, but I'll tell you what, we took advantage of that in, in getting some photos. Sure. Because I'll tell you what, if you have like clean white snow, that actually looks really good. It looks you know, almost on, as good as the, the, yeah. the garden pictures when Ooh. everything's green and beautiful. Yeah. Interesting perspective. Yeah. yeah. So you so you can kind of take advantage of some of that stuff. And uh, we are getting, uh, you know, we're talking about this week again, getting lots of showings. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're all starting to pick up again. Inventory is still low. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would always, I'm highly suggesting people uh, get their homes on the market. And uh, yep. I just think it's a, I think it's just a real good time. To do it because, you, you know, you, you take advantage of that. I mean, mm-hmm. what are we down? 20, 24, 25%. Right. Uh, Inventory is down that much. You get you get on the market. You're not competing against much. It might not be in the best, mm-hmm. you know, the perfect opportune time that makes your house perfectly shine. But you're not competing against many people. Right. Well, and I think that organically people are in that as soon as we start getting the thaw, you know, you start seeing the, the old uh, water dripping and the sidewalk mm-hmm. clearing and the... Um, the, uh, sorry about that. Uh, the, when you get into that mindset of the spring market and then people start thinking about, well, you know, Hey, let's get that move going. And if we start building now, or if we buy that house now, we can get in there and the kids graduate or get out of school. And then we're, we're, we're able to enjoy the summer in the new house. There's a lot of that. And I think that if you've ever thought about, you know, at least recently that, you know, I want to get my house on the market in the next six months, I'd suggest you, um, expedite that experience and, and get going sooner than later. It, it seems to be that the market is very thirsty right now for, for nice houses, especially we talked about one-level houses, three-bedroom, two-bath, you know, the normal under 300000 kind of housing right now that's in good shape, nice updated kitchens. Those houses are in huge demand. And the thing that's crazy, a lot of people are scared of selling their houses because they don't know that, you know, what's going to be out there for us to replace it with. So what we're seeing a lot of people doing is when they're building their new dream home or they're building their downsizing retirement home or whatever they're doing, they get started now knowing that they're not going to move in until July or August. And then, you know, they hit the end of the summer market. And so they'll list their house, you know, right before Memorial Day or whatever. And then that, that timing works out as well. So it's just, you know, even though it's winter, it's like the boat show happened. The uh, big super game is happening. All those are you know, what I call normal buying signs. They're selling signs to get out there and get on the market. How many houses are attractive enough to, to purchase here in this particular area that have no basement? I was reading an article recently about the certain houses, nice homes, mm-hmm. but no basement. And I, I, in fact, we've received some text messages, got to have a basement in case of tornadoes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, is, is, do we have slab-on great homes here, a lot of them? Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, they're all over. I mean, Chris, you and I have, have sold them for years. And the, it, it, it's kind of like the national builders, a lot of them brought that into this marketplace. Because we always, with the frost lines, we have to go down below oh, the yeah. frost line anyway with our footings. Sort of like, you know what, hey, let's go another four feet down, and now we can have a full basement of storage or whatever. So in some uh, communities, they have rock or they'll have granite or they'll have, you know, things that prohibit them from going deeper or high water tables, for example, is another thing. So the the slab-on-grade house is very viable in Minnesota. One of the things that we've done in the past to address that with the storm challenge is having an actual designated storm room, you know, and there's there's ways to address that when you're building your new, um, you know, slab-on-grade home. The existing ones... You know, you can ask, but some of them don't have the, the – you may have to make an, an alternative plan that if there is a storm, you go somewhere else. But um, very viable, affordable yeah, and product. And I think the other – I mean, that, that storm thing comes up all the time, but the other thing that comes up is storage. And so oh, yes. you, you got to try to – I mean, a lot of those lower levels, people want one-level living, but they use that basement for storage. So you have to try to, um, you know, 
accomplish that too. And sometimes it's just with a bigger garage, mm-hmm. it's the storage above the garage. Yep. Um, but yeah, there, there is, I mean, like in every listing that we go into, there's, there's the positives and there's the challenges. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of just, you got to overcome those. Those are things you can't change. I mean, it's slab on grade. It is what it is, but now you got to give them, you got to think about what those, what those problems are. Hey, where do we go for the storm? Where do we put our storage? And then yep. you got to be able to try to solve that for them. Well, or, or, yep. or you have to clear that place out mm-hmm. and make it look as big as you possibly can. And they act like, oh my gosh. So they don't, when they walk through and they see boxes piled to the ceiling in the second bedroom that you're not using, they're going to say, oh wow, there's no storage here. Well, you have to get all those boxes out of there. Right, right. Well, and if you do a little bit of um, planning ahead of time, you know, Denny, the, the idea there, think of this. You can't go down and you can't go out necessarily for more space. So what you're going to naturally do is want to go up. So most people go up into the storage, you know, attics or the trusses and they, some of those houses, just so you know, are not designed to have weight loads other than snow up in those attics. And so be very careful. Um, There are some techniques that you can use. Like if somebody wanted to get additional storage above their garage, there's ways to skin two by sixes onto the the existing trusses that are there. You work with the truss and you work with a structural engineer. You're going to spend a thousand bucks designing it, but you may be able to get a weight load up there on an existing slab on grade home, which is nice, you know, to put the holiday items or whatever else. But if you're building new, it's very affordable. For $1,500, you can put in there uh, what they call a storage truss so that it actually looks like the inside of a shed. And they'll plywood the floor. They'll put a light in there. They'll drop down a set. You know, and it's it's very, very affordable and super smart. Mm, great idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think that's kind of what we do on a daily basis is that you gotta you got to overcome those objections. You know, but then again, there's other people that, that they want those. And I think a lot of times what people do, and sometimes it just doesn't work, you can't, sometimes houses aren't just for absolutely everyone. Right. But for the right person, they're going to pay for that. And so right. you got to kind of market towards that. Well, and think about this too, Chris. You've been downtown here selling condos too. And, you know, it comes down to where, okay, you buy this beautiful half million dollar condo. You've got a one stall in the in the basement for the garage. But if you're a biking person or you have hiking activities, you have whatever, now you need a storage facility unless they have a bike corral or a storage locker that you can actually have or storage closets as they sometimes will have. So you, as as our market, our housing needs keep changing, we keep evolving. Like even the slab on grade houses that are out there, they may have a two car attached garage, but you still got to think about things like bikes, lawnmowers, or whatever. You know what I mean? That goes with that. So, but in the selling process, that's what I'm getting at is that you have to put those bikes over at the neighbor's house. It's not, it's not like or hey, hang them. Yeah, exactly. And 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 do that. But if you put them out in the open, that's what people think, and they're like, oh, but there's no room for the bike. Mm-hmm. You know, now if you hang it, oh, that's a great idea. You get the bike out of the way. Oh, boy, I can have a bike down here. Right. You know, so it's just it's in how you, you market it. So and you guys talk about the interior of the home, too. If if there's clutter, I don't mean like picture frames and things, but if if there's too much furniture, right, you can't you got to kind of move sideways when you go, want to get to the bathroom oh, or yeah. something. You've seen those a lot. haven't you? It's funny because when I go through houses, I call it the, the Chris Rooney effect. And I got to be able to walk through and not hit stuff. And I, I'm not the smallest guy. I'm not. I'm not Andy size, but I. <laughs> but you know, seriously, when you walk through, and it's like, hey, two of us have to walk through, and if we're hitting stuff, yeah, you got to yeah. get it out of there because well, and, clutter's and, a big. And thing. remember this too. Naturally, people are are drawn to things of interest. Like when they walk in the house, and you can see a beautiful view of the lake, they want to walk right through that house nonstop, yeah. go right through that window, and take a look at the view. Then they turn around and look back at your house and. Sometimes, like Chris and I will talk about this, walk through your house like I am right now for the first time experiencing your home because this is probably the same path that new home buyer is going to sure. take. 
And let's navigate it and make sure that it looks your house looks in its best light when we're doing those uh, kind of uh, tours. Very good. Tell you what, we have more show to come, so stand by. This is The Real Estate Show here on 830-WCCO. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And welcome back to this portion of The Real Estate Show here on 830-WCCO. We're just joining us, Chris and Andy, in studio, but you guys have brought... A couple of guests with you as well. The Bay Equity guys, yeah, Bay Equity Home Loans. Uh, Russell Hillier and Travis Christensen are with us today. We did want to talk a little about mortgage insurance. I think that's uh, mortgage insurance in in the industry is a lot of people don't know what the heck it is. So maybe we should just start out by what is that? Because a lot of people see like homeowners insurance and then there's mortgage insurance and they're different. Right. Yeah. uh, Mortgage insurance is what's uh, what's. In, put in place by the lender, depending on what type of loan you have. Uh, conventional loans, anytime you're over 80% loan to value, meaning uh, your loan is 80% of the appraised value, um, you're going to be looking at mortgage insurance. FHA loans carry mortgage insurance as well, um, but there's a little bit of a difference between the two. Uh, in most cases, FHA loan FHA loans have mortgage insurance for the life of the loan, um, depending on your term. And with conventional loans, you can get rid of it once your loan-to-value drops down to 80 or 78% loan-to-value. Uh, but there are different types of mortgage insurance that you can look at. There's single-pay upfront mortgage insurance where you can just pay it out and have that amount financed. There's what's called split-edge where you can pay a portion of it so, up front. Hold on. Let's step back on that one. So you can pay it up front so you don't have that monthly Correct. cost. Correct. Yeah. And so which would mm. obviously make your payment less. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then uh, there's there's split edge in which you can pay a portion of it up front. So you're not getting hit with that big dollar figure up front. And then it but it still drops the monthly. It doesn't completely take it away, but it it drops it um, considerably. So there's definitely many different ways to look at mortgage insurance. So you want to make sure you talk to your lender about the various options, because some people just think that there's just it's black and white, and there's only one way of... Well, I was going to say, as a listener, I'm sitting there saying, okay, cool, I can drop my mortgage insurance and lower my payment. What is that process, Russell, I mean, you know, or, or Travis, what, whichever, uh, what, what is that process of going through that exercise with your current lender to see if you are eligible to drop that? And that's, um, you know, when we do our face-to-face with customers, prime examples, I had a customer coming this week, and he was kind of teetering between putting 5% down... Um, and looking at the PMI options or doing a 10% down and doing an 80-10-10. Now with that 80-10-10, it's split three mortgage, or two mortgages, 80%, a little second, and then 10% down. Uh, but the exercise kind of that I ran him through was it, it boils down to, first off, the deal that you're getting on the property, uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac require uh, you to make 24 payments before you can challenge and try getting that private mortgage insurance removed. And so this is done through an appraisal Mm -hmm. um, showing that you have more than 20% equity in the property. And so what I'll do is I'll sit down with a borrower. uh, You know, let's say they're putting 5% down. We'll look at uh, doing just the monthly private mortgage insurance. Mm -hmm. Then let's say that's $200 per month. Uh, We'll look at doing the upfront mortgage insurance, which let's say that's uh, 2% of the loan amount. Uh, Say $200,000 loan, you get $4,000 upfront, and then you just... Never have to worry about getting private mortgage insurance removed. So, does, but does that have to be paid or can that be financed? 
Uh, depending on the amount down, um, if you're only putting 5% down, that's a minimal down required in that product. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do have to pay for it up front. Okay. Can the seller pay it for us? Seller can pay for it. Okay. Yep. Um, uh, through seller pay closing costs. Okay. And so, uh, you know, generally speaking, what I'll do is I'll look at it and say, okay, you know, $200 per month, uh, or $4,000 up front, uh, figure out the math on it and, and figure out if it's going to be more worthwhile for them just to pay the monthly mm-hmm. and try getting it off after two, three, four years or doing the upfront. Um, Cause usually the upfront ends up being, if you, you know, if you take $4,000 divided by 200, mm-hmm. ends up being three to four years anyway. Well, and if a lot of people keep those amortization charts that they give us at, at closing, what's kind of nice is you can literally circle the date that your payments get you down to that. So you'll know that, okay, that's nine years out. Mm-hmm. But if I pay an extra $200 a month or whatever and the house appreciates at the same time, we could get there in a couple, like you're saying, maybe even in a couple, you know, four or five years. Yep. yep. And we run into sometimes where, you know, you've got a borrower buying a distressed property, Um you know, maybe they do home improvements to the property, finish off the basement, and within that two-year time, they've got 20% equity. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll set reminders to reach out to that borrower, uh, get in touch with the local appraiser, and see if they can get that value at, you know, 20% equity because that saves them a couple hundred bucks a month. Sure. I had a buyer ask uh, one time about mortgage insurance, and they didn't really know what it was, but what they thought it was is that if they stopped making payments, it would make the payments for them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. it insures, but what it does is it insures the lender of a default. It should be called loan insurance is what it should yeah. be called. I mean, yeah. it's basically, it's a policy for your bank that you're getting the money from to cover them, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a high risk, you know, it's a high risk loan. You're putting less than 20% down. So what that covers a lender from is you buy a house for $100,000. Um, you have private mortgage insurance. If that forecloses and the bank takes a loss on that, that's loss coverage for the bank. And yep. so if it sells gotcha. for ninety grand, that covers that ten grand. Yeah, so that's and that's obviously why they do it, and that's why they say, "Hey, if you have twenty percent equity in it, I mean, the bank looks at it, or the or the lender looks at it, kind of like, go ahead, go ahead and screw up because we want that house back because yeah. we'll end up making money on it, and it's just less risk for them. So then you don't have to have mortgage insurance. Well, and it's super nice that we as a consumer get to pay that insurance policy for them too, which I, you know, <laughs> I kind of exactly. joke about, but it's in a way, you, you know. But here's the thing. You got somebody that's putting a risk into you too. They're believing in you and what you've produced for income statements and and the ability to repay. Mm-hmm. And they're making a calculated business decision based on what you've told them. And so there's there's lots of different ways to to approach obviously financing properties. There's the strategy of right now we don't have a lot of he- we're not heavy on equity or cash, so we come in with a minimal down product and we pay mortgage insurance. A couple years down the road, maybe we refinance or find a different product that can lower that payment and. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that there's, what would you guys say? I mean, how many people go into a loan like that doing a temporary, you know, versus a, I want a 30 year, I'm never going to change it or pay it off kind of? Or... You know, I mean, for the, in the United States, the average consumer has a mortgage for about, about three and a half years, whether that's upgrading, mm-hmm. downgrading, refinancing, cash out, whatever the reason might be. And so it's important for you when you sit down with your, your mortgage consultant, mm-hmm. really tailor that to your five-year goals, your 10-year goals. Right. Um we don't want to have to have you come in um, and pay closing costs again, right? You know, to refinance. So, right. uh, the most commonly refinanced loan is FHA. Mm-hmm. You know, you have that private mortgage insurance; it's spendy, it's on it for the entire course of the loan. If you do the math on it, uh, with that mortgage insurance, essentially, it's like a six and a half percent interest rate mortgage, mm-hmm. with yep. where rates are at right now. So, well, and the loan, depending on the loan that you get, you have to be a little smart. You have to be a little careful with the fact that if you're refinancing every couple of years. 
I had a, a good friend, client of mine that had that where they were VA and they kept refinancing and they'd put the funding fee on top. And so all of a sudden they had $25,000 worth the extra, you know, debt against that property because of all those funding fees they kept finding, but their payment was lower. So they were looking at just the payment and not the payoff yeah. and you can put yourself in a bad spot quick. So it's, yeah. it's nice to talk to guys like you that actually are insightful and looking ahead for the, how do we get you in a great position of having this paid off or get you where you want to go? Yep. Yep. And that's uh. I was just going to say, Russell Hillier and Travis Christensen are with us today with Bay Equity Home Loans, uh, talking a little bit about mortgage insurance. We're going to go to the break uh, here real soon, I think, Denny, right? Yeah. And then uh, I think we're going to come back, and maybe you guys can give some tips. Uh, tax season's coming up, like what people need to collect and do all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's interesting to say, I mean, that like in the home buying process, there's actually really three different types of insurance that happen. And it's confusing. There's hazard insurance that says the place burns down or there's an accident or something mm-hmm. that's taken care of or a hailstorm. Then there's mortgage insurance, which insures the mortgage against default. And then there's title insurance. Mm. And that, that title insurance in, ensures that the title is good so the lender doesn't have a problem later on as well. So you're paying for that too, Andy. Owners. You're welcome. Yeah. Very good. I mean, thank you. Yep. Hey, there's more to come here, so stay with us. We'll uh, take this break here in the Real Estate Show. Stay with us here on 830-WCCO. And welcome back to this portion of The Real Estate Show here on 830-WCC. Chris and Andy in studio. And again, uh, folks uh, who may have joined us a little bit late, who did you bring with you today? Well, we let Andy Prasky come on the radio. Thank he's, you, sir. Uh, he's, been, he's been around here for a while. so he actually let uh, me in the studio this week. I'm normally out in the alley, Denny. Exactly. You know, and, and I think the surprising thing is they're going to put us down in the Cambria Gallery, gallery yeah. out for everyone to see. So they usually One week hide from us. today. Yeah. yeah. So that's uh, next Saturday. And then uh, Travis Christensen and Russell Hillier are with us with Bay Equity Home Loans. We've been talking about mortgage insurance. And, uh, you know, a lot of people that purchased homes last year, you know, they probably have to do a little different stuff on their on, on their taxes. Now, we all can't give tax advice, but there are some things that they should look for. Definitely. Um, if you did purchase your first home or purchased a home last year, it is a good time to make handy that closing package that you received at the title company when you closed on your loan. The, they would have given you a nice little package of a lot of documents that you probably shoved in a drawer somewhere when you got home from the closing and never looked at again. But there is a document in there called your closing disclosure, and that's one thing that you should definitely make handy for your accountant when you do file your taxes. What we do at Bay Equity is we contact every single one of our past clients that closed a loan with us um, last year and make sure we provide them with a closing disclosure just well, so they're nice. not going out and trying to dig through it, and, and we'll we'll get another copy out to them just to make it um, handy and, and convenient. Um, but that's one of the main things you're going to want to dig out of that package and, and get your hands on when you're filing your taxes. Hmm. You know, I wasn't able to be here last weekend, but you had uh, Chris Mahold with MFK and Associates on. Yeah, what a great talk, show. Yeah, you guys talked a lot about it. I got a couple comments on that. <laughs> <laughs> What's he Denny laughing giggles. At? No, those guys were great. I just asked them questions, and they, they uh, entertained the crowd. But, I mean – Man, that guy knows his information, you know, and, and that Chris Galler was kind of nice, too, commenting on how the new, you know, tax reform was coming through, how it affected Minnesota and our listeners and with their taxes and their, you know, the uh, interest mortgage deduction and all that stuff was, was it, the podcast is on the play.it. You can go back there and listen to that, too, for those of you um, that missed it. Um, but it was, it was a good show. Yeah, that's good. Uh, how about interest rates? How, how are the rates doing? You know, we had, uh, gosh, there was about a three-month uh, just – lull of just rates staying stagnant. I mean, literally not any movement. And it's just this last two weeks, they've gone up. Um, 
you know, they're they're conventional. They were hitting about three eight seven five four percent for about three months, and they're they're about four point three seven five four point five right now, just from what it's gone mm-hmm. up this last uh, two weeks. You know, That's so significant. You, yeah, it's. I mean, it really is. I mean, well, big, they uh, they were talking. I, I've in the regs they're talking about having where they're anticipating by the end of the year to see closer to five, mm-hmm. which is still fantastic. By it the is. way, I mean, my gosh, I. When I when I would two thousand and three when I was like oh my gosh it dipped to four point seven five for mm-hmm. one day I was so excited and it uh, you know it, but that was you know back when rates were six and seven percent so but it uh, I think I think anyway. the other thing too is that people automatically say oh the refinance market's over but just what we were talking about in the last segment the mortgage insurance mm-hmm. there's a significant difference when you get rid of that you and you you mentioned it and I think I want to kind of clarify that a little you said it's like a 6.5% rate and what you meant by that mm-hmm. is that your payment based on that mor- that mortgage amount is it with the mortgage insurance on top of it, yep. all that equal together would have equaled out to equal to a six and a half percent interest. Six and a half percent interest. Rate. So if you dump that and get rid of it yep. and you refinance it, yeah, even yeah. if you have a rate at four mm-hmm. and you go at four and a half or five, you're probably going to be better off yep. because values have gone up. They have. And so, yeah, it's it's a great opportunity for people yep. still to even refinance. Yep. Yep. And that's the values. How about that, Andy? That, that's insightful. I was thinking the whole time you're saying that, that it, it almost reminds me of hard money lending because. You know, when you don't have the equity and you don't have that, you know, you have a bank taking risk on you. They they do, des- I hate to say it, but they deserve a higher yield because you're a higher risk. You have right. less, you know, skin in the game. Um, but on the other hand, you know, we try to get as many people into homeownership as we can. And like we talked about the benefits of the community and the schools that, you know, have uh, the, the benefit of that as well. Explain, explain a hard money lender. A hard money is. lender is and literally. What, what position would they come in? Well, for an example, a lot of uh, builders, developers, where they can't go to the bank, for an example, to get traditional financing, there's lending groups that are out there that exist that actually you can go to that will give you a loan out of their private money. So they literally go to the bank for you and give you a, a loan on or a mortgage on that property for you, just like a bank would. Generally, that crowd is helping someone that the bank can't help, which means you're probably a, high, a little bit higher risk, or you have a lot of other items leveraged. Like you might have 30 houses under construction at one time, and so the bank is full and they may say, you know what, you're going to have to get your money elsewhere for this last three houses. And they may have to roll into that private equity market. So that, that's what hard money lending is. And generally, it's a little more expensive when you get your money from somebody that actually is counting the money coming back in versus a bigger bank. A lot more expensive, but who's counting? I mean, no, but seriously, it, it, sometimes it can get really expensive. Where they're, yeah, they, they'll charge a high interest rate. Typically, the term sure. and the term Are is short. a lot shorter as well. Yeah. And so it's, but it's made for things like that. I mean, yeah. if your if your builders can't be putting up these models and selling them, they're probably not going to be able to sell them if you don't well, have something to have. In, in these all these late night seminars, you see where they say, "Oh, you can flip the house and use our money," and that well, guess what that is, guys? Yeah. That's you using their hard money. Mm-hmm. And what's happening is they're making a killing on giving those loans out to people that think they can flip houses. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, but anyway, I'm yeah, sure it's great. I mean, that's the. How about anything anything new in the industry? <sighs> That our listeners should know. You know, we. I mean, we're coming out with some really neat. Um, it's not a, a one-time close construction of perm, but it's a very comparable. Um, it's actually a local banking product. Um, I know you probably want to get in touch with us about that, but oh, for sure. Um, it's very. Uh, the, the closing costs are very similar to a one-time close. Uh, they'll do financing. You know, a lot of these smaller builders that are doing two, three, four, or five houses per year, uh, we can actually get them financing. Um, so it's just it's a really neat constructed. 
local uh, construction loan product mm-hmm. where customers aren't having to put 15, 20% down mm-hmm. to do your tra- uh, traditional construction financing. That's so awesome. something we got coming down the hatch. Right I now. really encourage people to just sit and talk to a lender. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, the, the, the preparation and all the different programs that are out there, mm-hmm. you know, and I think sometimes what people do is they go out to that open house on Sunday and say, oh my gosh, I love it. And now it's like, hey, I got to get a letter. We got to get this thing done. You right. don't have time to prepare. Well, we were actually, it was interesting. I was talking with two agents yesterday that came in because <clears throat> we're seeing the market right now where lenders are getting direct to the consumer, um, getting direct to the consumer. And so you're actually seeing kind of a shift right now in the way that we work with real estate agents where we're going to the consumer and then the consumers are going out, um, we're getting them out to the real estate agents. And they mm-hmm. were, they mentioned something really neat that back in the 90s, Realtors used to go to loan officers for business because it was just that mentality that people went and got pre-approved first. And then right. they go out to the real estate agents, and then it kind of had a cultural shift where people went to do the fun stuff first, I say. And then, you know, yeah. we're perceived as a dentist. It's not the fun part. You know, yeah, it's getting wanna, pre-approved. They want to go drive the car first before. <laughs> it's like the old get married first analogy. Nowadays, yeah. it's done a little different, isn't it? Yeah, they sometimes. So I'll tell you, when, when I first got kind of going in the in the real estate industry, no comment, Andy. But uh, we we used to qualify everyone ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was kind of the thing. You know, hey, you had we had to do it and take all their you know their debts and do all that kind of stuff yep. and say, okay, you're about here, which is which was crazy. Well, we started and they gave me a financial calculator. I'm like, I don't want to do this yeah. part. I, yeah. I just want to sell stuff. I don't want to get into the numbers. And so I remember that when that it was about the time that they were swinging over towards the the lender becoming a partner and saying, okay, here you go. You know, take this customer and figure them out or help them out or. Well, that's something we got a really neat um, tool coming down the line here. It's actually coming out at the end of, of Q1. I'm sure, um, I'm not going to do a plug for the other lender, but it's actually going to be a really neat tool for real estate agents because it'll be a simple link, six questions for you to ask the borrower, and that's going to pull a soft pull, um, an accurate credit score, uh, two credit scores. Seriously? And that's going to do a soft pre-approval. It's going to – the borrower puts in their name, last four of their social, purchase price, down payment, and income, and it's going to literally pull a soft pull credit report going to give them their scores, and it's going to say you're pre-approved. And so instead of that buyer getting walking out of your office and then procrastinating probably for a month to call, that never not fun guys, right. you know, yeah. um, you guys literally will be able to kind of do a soft prequal right there on the spot. Mm. And so and it pulls their liabilities from credit. It's calculating their debt to income. Yep. Um, you know, and those are actually the scores that we're going to use when we go to do the real pre-qualification. Well, you know, I know Chris and I, we're, we're a little more old school, like where we're saying like our clients, when they come in, we're not, you know, running them around and showing them 50 houses before we get the pre-qualification. Mm-hmm. We won't do that. Mm-hmm. I, I literally will show anybody a house once, but after that, it's like, you know what, let's, let's do our homework so we're ready because I'm going to put you on top of the best deal in the Twin Cities. You got to be able to grab it because I, I can find you the best deal, but if you can't perform, what's the point of even looking? You can look online when you want to shop. I think the pre-approval has to be done, and I think that is a probably the most important part of the whole process is getting that lender um, in line and lining it up and getting that pre-qualification so you understand the payment, how much you're going to have to put down, and what that means when you're writing an offer. And that'll right. give you guys the power to do that right on the spot. You know, Fun. And, and another thing, like we what we've been talking about with the different options with mortgage insurance and the rates going up a little bit, it, it's very important to sit down with the lender and look at the various options and create a plan that's going to meet your needs, and it's it's tough to do that when you've already ran out, you found the house, and now you're scrambling for financing. So, Russell, if I wanted to find you to get one of those meetings set up, what are we gonna? How do we find you two guys um, as a listener? If I wanted to to sit down with you and talk to you about lending, 
Yeah, I can be reached at uh, 952-679-6834. Uh, my website is mortgageman.info. And um, Travis? Mortgageman.info. I, I like, like it. Yeah. Uh, and my phone number is, it's not a Minnesota number, but 507-995-7775. Right, very good. Let's uh, take a break. We have more show to come here, so don't go away. More of the real estate show here on 830-WCCO. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And welcome back to this portion of the Real Estate Show here on 830-WCCO. Chris and Andy, uh, I want to ask you something. I know we have a few minutes to go on the show. Uh, what's a one thing, if you can think of one thing, that you would advise a client who was maybe getting ready to uh, sell their home? Is there, is there one thing that just kind of Strikes you initially before you uh, get to improve or to remove? Uh, both. Let's do both because because yeah. okay. uh, I'm sure you suggest both all the time. Yeah, I, you know, there's there's always some depends in that uh, statement, meaning that I think uh, what I may suggest is based on what different price bracket I'm in. Right. So, but I, I don't know. We talked a little about it earlier. So if I told people to do one thing, mm-hmm. I think it would be decluttering. And make sure. it look as big as you possibly can. Well, it's like wearing clean clothes in an interview, in my opinion. You mm-hmm. have to declutter and you have to clean the house up. But like things like, you know, like wallpaper. I know that it's kind of interesting. This was a conversation we've had a thousand times with the interior decorating teams that the when we go into a house to help them stage it, it's out, wallpaper is always the problem. When they're remodeling a new house and trying to make a new house look warm and cozy, now they're adding wallpaper back in again. So it's like, to me, it's kind of, it, it's more of, is are you on trend, right? So can you paint that ugly green and orange wallpaper and have it white so it looks like a textured wall now and actually create something for, you know, perception of value for, for very little money. That's what I would, would follow that. You know, taking out the, um, the uh, like the bathrooms, for example, some of these, you know, 1950s built Ramblers, the Orrin Thompson Ramblers, if you guys remember, they'll have like blue toilets or pink toilets and pink bathtubs. That stuff's kind of coming back. I yeah, mean, it, it, it is. is. You could update your tile, you update your countertop a little bit, and somebody's going to come in and say, oh, what a cute retro bathroom. And they'll think you did it that way instead of you. Re- and some you of know. the tile work is excellent, too. Oh, in yeah. those oh and yeah. they're not cracked. The grout's great. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, know you, you wish you could go back in the day. And, and but, uh, but anyway, so those are some of the things that I think I would look at. Now, what about, like, Chris, for an example? Let's say that you're in a house where you have a major project. Like, that kitchen is hideous. It It was, you know... And you're sitting there. What what do we what do we suggest? I mean, obviously, you know, next week we could be down at the Cambria Studio and pick a beautiful quartz top there. But uh, but for the listener, what do you do? Well, I mean, if it's if it's all totally dated, I think there there's a point of like you, you got to go too far or not do much at all. Mm-hmm. And I think at that point, it's it is it's to me what I would do in a house like that that has totally dated. I would have it just all repainted. Mm-hmm. And try to get it the same color and declutter it, make it look as big as possible. But if there's a room that I would concentrate on, it would 100% be the kitchen, mm-hmm. you know, in, in which to do. And and there's ways in which to do the kitchen that can can flip it around. And that comes sure. with, like, hardware mm-hmm. and, and fixtures. And so if you're, you know, if you do a light fixture and you do new hardware on it, yeah. and then you would get, you know, so a new faucet, right. you can flip that kitchen around and have it a totally different look with not a lot of money. Well, and I think a lot of people too, Denny, it depends on the customer and their, their um, level of concern. But like you think about, oh, we're leaving all of our appliances. I personally don't want your appliances. I, I don't want your old wash machine with your dander in there. And you know what I mean? No offense, but that's gross. I don't want to sit on your old toilets. 
I don't, you know what I mean? It's like those are the things that I would personally want all that to be redone. I'd like a new bathroom with a new toilet. I'd like to have a new washer and a dryer there that's never been used with the sticker still on it. You guys are all giggling. I'm not that weird. I'm not quite wearing kind the shoe boxes on my feet yet, but I'm there. I'm on my way. The, uh, but, you know, the idea there is that, you know, think about the experience that that person coming in is going to go through. They walk in the door, like you said, the, the most important room because it's visited the most. It's where we entertain is the heart of the house is the kitchen. But if you stick 50 grand into a kitchen, which is easy to do, um, you're probably going to get 30 grand back or your house will sell faster, but you're not going to get the full return back. But we've talked about this, too. Maybe you on a two year plan, you get your kitchen done now, you enjoy it for two years. So it's still a newer kitchen when you go to sell your house and you get some money out of it that way, too. You know, we talked about like doing cabinets. I mean, you don't have to take all the boxes out. You can remove the doors. You can Mm -hmm. take some of those cabinets out and then paint them and put new doors on the front and it can look great. So there is there there's what we just talked about that with the mortgage stuff, right? You know, with Travis and Russell, that you got to prepare, mm-hmm. and I think that's what everyone else does. You know, the people that are listing and getting their house on the market right now, were knowing in the fall they were probably going to do that, and so they got the stuff ready that needed to be ready because we're not going outside right now and repainting the trim. You know, you can't do that, and so it's kind of like, well, we better not put it on because the trim looks horrible. So we got to wait for good weather. But if you plan ahead. You know, you can jump on this market now, which is inventory is down 25 percent mm-hmm. and you're going to be one of few rather than the other people that, you know, have to still do their trim paint. In the last minute or so, uh, you guys have talked about the, the topic before, but how important are odors when you're selling a home? I bet you've had some interesting times. I, I think it's going to be a big Rooney. problem with Andy. <laughs> no, he does other little things. I'm going to walk in there with a deep, yeah, the Lysol in front of me. Some way to neutralize these, uh, these odors. And that's important, odors. though, right? I'll tell you a, a huge one, Denny, where people sure. just turn around and walk out of smoke. You yeah. know, ah. If there's smoke. You know, that uh, we had, I had one listed uh, about two years ago that was smoke. And mm-hmm. I mean, we tried to air that thing out. We brought the, the, um, the you know those machines that the ozone uh, yeah, ozone, ozone yeah. machines and stuff like that mm-hmm. but it it people just couldn't look past Good it well and it, it gets someone finally that, did and then they tore it down yeah i mean we've had yeah. it where you replace the carpet you actually paint the floors the walls the ceilings sure. you got to paint everything scrub out the old uh, hvac system and sometimes that even needs to be you know tuned up and then you can still have the hint of smoke in that That's house a, so then you know b- between that and the ozones you know you right. can fix it but well, I'll tell you what. How do we get in touch with you? We're just about out of time here. How do we get in touch with uh, both of you guys? It's Prasky.com. P-R-A-S-K-Y. Okay. Prasky.com. Why? Because we care. We do. And ChrisRooney.com is mine. All right. Excellent. We'll see you next week, guys. Uh, we'll make sure we're all in makeup when we head down to the <laughs> Cambria Gallery uh, next week. We're going to be doing a show right on the street level tomorrow. Hope you join us then here on 830 WCCO. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.